Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. Time for the Bears Podcast with uh, Mike Pusateri and Mike Prasnowski. Guys, how are you? Doing good. Doing, Doing well, good. Doing well after back-to-back division wins now after not having any in the Eberflus era. They're red hot. The flu says it's his first winning streak ever. <laughs> Only took two years. Very excited. Yeah. That's great. So, uh, Mike Poos, Terry, do you have uh, you have some news for us? I just wanted to mention now that the strike is over, I can talk about some things. So, the uh, if anyone is interested, any of our any of our loyal listeners, um, you can catch me on Amazon Freebie on the limited series Nova Vita with uh, uh, Dean Norris and Titus Welliver and. Uh, Bunch of, a bunch of other cool people. So I've check that it, out. And I, and I told you I was very excited that you did your own stunts. I did my own stunts. So it's like <laughs> too much away. It's like it's too much away. Um, so yeah, check that out. And uh, it's on freebie, so it's free. You don't have to pay for it. All right. There you go. All right. You got anything to plug there, Prince? Uh, nothing as of right now because the Cubs are not doing anything in the offseason, as it seems, other than the Craig Council signing, but uh, when and possibly more safely should say if news breaks, uh, me and John Oliva will jump right into the action. We'll be recording our podcast, Bums in the Bleachers, part of the Chicago Sports Bums Network. Uh, check it out on their YouTube page. What if what if Council is going to be a player manager? We didn't know this. He's gonna maybe he's gonna play center for mm. mm. okay. first base. He's taller than you think. Can't do any worse than Pete Crow Armstrong did at the end of last year. So, oh come on, he was great. Nineteen at bats, <laughs> hit a couple of foul balls, yeah. bunted three times, maybe. got thrown out a couple times. Yeah, it was uh, something. Yeah. Um. All right. So before we get to the Bears here in a quick second, um, the uh, I enjoyed the uh, the freak out in real time. It took three days, really, for the for, for well, let's just say for Bert over at Bleacher Nation and other Cub people to completely freak out about the Otani <laughs> signing. Uh, the first thing they tried to do was rationalize it when they heard it was ten years, seven hundred million dollars. Was well, that's just too much. I could, you can't, the Cubs shouldn't do that. How can they afford yeah. that? Right. Which of course is horseshit. Right. Then they found out. Actually, right away, Jeff Passan was saying a lot of this is deferred, so it's not. Yeah, he did say them. it right away. Yeah, and yes. he even he even said it's like it's going to be like more than four, forty or fifty million dollars in AAV. And instead, right. they retweeted this guy who had gone through and he had figured out he just pulled number out of his ass that they were going to defer ten million dollars a year for, and he was basically showing how it really doesn't affect that much and big deal, nobody should care. Yeah. Then word comes out that they deferred $68 million a year. Yeah. And he's getting paid $2 million. <laughs> bucks. Right. And then that sent him off. Then it was like, oh, my God, that the MLB should void the contract because the Dodgers are trying to just skirt around the uh, the luxury tax. And uh, the sanctity of the luxury tax is in. <laughs> right. So, that, so now they're pissed. And it's Shohei's a scumbag. And the Dodgers are cheating. And this is awful. And then they, and then we find out that um, the a, the annual the AAV comes to forty six million dollars a year. That's what's mm-hmm. going to count on the tax. 
Right. That's more money than any other player in baseball counts on the tax per year. Right. Absolutely. Yep. And so and he offered like, that same structure. Yes. To everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are people like, well, Shohei's an idiot then. God, he's, why would he do this? What a moron. How's he supposed to live on $2 million a year? He only makes $50 million a year in endorsements every year. How's, he supposed, to, how's he supposed to live on that? And he's costing himself a bunch of money. Here's the part that I, I, I looked at it and I thought, this seems like, to me, like Shohei managed to get himself an extra $240 million by doing this. He basically signed, yeah, people were like, he's going to make somewhere between, you know, they thought he's, maybe he could make half a, half a billion dollars. He'd make, you know, somewhere around $500 million. With the elbow injury and the idea that he's probably not going to be a two-way player for 10 years, $46 million a year seems like, you know, that's a lot of money. It's the biggest contract ever. That's, you know, it's pretty good. Pretty good. He's getting that, but then he's also getting, because he's let it, allowing the Dodgers to defer the money, he's getting an extra $240 million. Mm-hmm. And it's not like he's def- remember the Walter Payton contract where Walter got the $40 million contract, but it was like a million dollars a year for 40 years from the bears. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. 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 Well, it was like the magic Johnson contract. Too. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, Walter was dead. So yeah. his wife was collecting the checks towards the end. This show, he gets all this money before he turns 50. Yeah. He's going to get $700 right. million before he turns 50 years old. And yeah. because he, after he's done playing, he will he can move out of the state of California. He can go back to. I was just going to bring this up. Else. Yep. It's worth an extra at least. This is if the tax rate stays the same in California and doesn't mm-hmm. go up. It's an extra eighty-four million dollars that he doesn't pay in taxes. Right. This mm-hmm. to yeah. me doesn't seem like and. Um, so here's the thing, though. There's a lot of babbling to get to this point. I've heard people make the case today. There was I was listening to a Giants podcast. They were complaining about it listen to the Cub fans complaining about it. And they're like, well, the Dodgers now have all this extra money to spend. They're going to go get Yamamoto, and they're going to get this guy, and they're going to get this guy. It's like, do we think that the Dodgers couldn't pay the 46, couldn't couldn't have paid him this year, and now they needed to save that money? It's like, no, they still have to account for that on the tax. They still have money. Mm-hmm. They could have done yeah. this. They were going to do this anyway. You know, stop getting mad at them for spending money. Get pissed at the team you root for for not doing it. Well, that's that's the that's the point right there. Don't get mad at the team spending. Get mad at your team that's not spending. Yeah. I mean, the, the, exactly. Cubs could, the Cubs could absolutely afford to have a payroll just like the The Dodgers have been over the luxury tax 10 of the last 11 years. Yeah. All these horrible penalties that cub fans will tell you it's really smart for the cubs to not go over the luxury tax or certainly don't be a repeater because then you got to pay extra money on all the on the on all the money over that you're over your yeah. first on draft pick gets dropped 10 spots and you lose international money and you lose draft pick money it's like yeah. okay well the dodgers do that the dodgers have the best record in baseball over that time they've been to the nlcs six times they've been to the world series three times they won it once they have great players on their team and they have one of the top three farm systems in all of baseball. Right. So yeah, I'm sure the Cubs aren't just making that tenfold over and over again with the winter wonderland thing they got going on at Rick no, right they're now. Barely scraping yeah. by. I'm surprised they can even have <laughs> I'm surprised they can cobble together a team. Yeah, well, they probably can't even afford a Christmas tree this year. No. The Ricketts family house. <laughs> the poor guys. Yeah. Anyway, so that had nothing to do with the Bears. 
Okay. <laughs> I just want to get that off my chest. Yeah. So the Bears. Now I, I will tell you this. I was impressed that they basically, you know, they had played so well against the Lions in Detroit, and they let the game get away. They beat the kick shit of the Lions for fifty-seven minutes, and they lost. Mm-hmm. And they basically picked up right where they had stopped at the fifty-seven minute mark, and they just kicked the shit out of them again. And it was very yeah. enjoyable to watch. It's like, maybe yeah. it's just that's a perfect matchup for these guys. I don't know. But, I mean, I don't, the Lions are turning back into the Lions. We can see that. But they're still talented. I thought it was, yeah, I was I, impressed I, by you, the Bears' you, entire effort. You have to think, like, when Ryan Poles, like, envisioned on his vision board or whatever, his dream, you know, Bears team, it looked like that, right? The defense was good. They got sacks. They got pressure on the quarterback. The offense played well. Fields played well. They it was pretty much a, they dominated the entire game. Like that's got to be like he's got to be like that's it. That's what I want. Now you got to do it more than once is the is the problem. But that's you would think that's how he he wants the team to be all the time. Like, yeah, I think that was it. I, I think they were really aggressive offensively. Um, you know they, you know. It, in hiring Luke Getze, I think they thought that they would get a lot of plays in which you saw Rodgers run a lot where, you know, he would get the defense to draw off sides a lot. You saw the Bears do that finally this past Sunday on the 4th and 13 play. That was very satisfying. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's happened in my lifetime, but I don't remember it. The, actually, having them play it off. What I remember is that when yeah. Justin first took over a quarterback, the play would get blown dead. It happened to him like three times where he right. got the other team to mm-hmm. jump and they blew it dead before he could throw the ball. Like It's like, oh. And then yeah. we just hadn't seen it. And then we saw it. Here's the best thing, right? The Bears had no intention of going for it there. Right. You know, yes. They, they, uh, because 4-13, it was, it was too far. Even with the penalty, they didn't want to – I don't know why. Cairo's always in range, but they weren't going to have range try it. This whole idea was simply – if we can get them to jump and we can get the ball snapped, it's a free play. And if it doesn't work, then we're gonna, we'll are we just have to punt. And it yeah. worked because it's the Lions. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. They were very Lions-y that day. Because I even heard, um, you know, it was like, it, it was, I saw I didn't, I saw a clip. It was Mark Carmen from Chuggo. And he's like, why did they even, I don't know why they were even bothering to do that. It's like, pull <laughs> It's like, I hate to tell you, Mark, that was actually what they were trying to do. I know it's odd that the Bears tried yes. to do something and it worked, but that's yeah. exactly what they were trying to do. Because he, he couldn't understand because it was still going to be fourth and eight and it wasn't going to matter. It's like, well, mm. no, but here's what happens. Right. You, know, you can right. actually get a free play and it works. That matter, at least in the context that moving him up five yards makes it a little bit of an easier kick for Cairo, though. Well, that's a, that's assuming I don't know. Uh, the thought was, and I think it was DJ who said he didn't think they were gonna. They thought it was they were if even if it worked, but they couldn't get the playoff, they were gonna punt because mm-hmm. it was still gonna be fourth and eight from I don't even know where. It was a it was like a fifty yard touchdown pass, right? So it would have still been at the mm-hmm. forty five, which is a sixty three. No, okay, 60. never mind. Why, here's another thing. In my whole life, I always added seventeen to get. Yeah, me too. This right. is, why yep. is it eighteen now? Is everybody? Everybody has to be an extra yard back. Is this the, because is it be literally because defenders are faster and they're like, we need to get another yard. We're going to get all these blocked. Like, so I haven't heard this extra point blocked. I yeah. Know. I haven't, cons- I have not heard it consistently 18. I've still heard it 17 a lot. Depending I on hear the 18 a lot now. 
Because I'll yeah. be like, well, it's a 52 yarder. And it was a 53 yard attempt. It's like, maybe it's just that the announcers can't add. Now that's probably it. Yeah, because I was always at seven yards, and then you got to count 10 for the, for the end zone. Right. Yeah. It's not like the good old days when uh, Bob Thomas was missing 11 yard field goals because the uh, <laughs> goalposts were on the, were on the goal line. Now it was the right there line. on the goal line. Yeah. That no, was safe. Yeah. <laughs> Bob's like, it was too close. We can't get the I angle could, right. We're right in front get of you. Just kick it straight, yeah. dumbass. Imagine what that would have been like at Wrigley, too, with like the goalpost there and a brick wall right behind it, too. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's probably why they needed it to be on the. They didn't have enough room. Well, then Purdue and Northwestern. No, it was Illinois and Northwestern found that out. When right. Purdue got to play there, when you were there, right, Mike, they had fixed that. You could go both ways. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. You could go both ways. Yeah. Yeah, they it just filled it in with. But I like that they, it was the Illinois Northwestern game where they didn't even realize it until the game was getting ready to start. Like, oops. Like, right. Know, there's not right. enough room there. They're like, oh, so what? Yeah. It's just a brick wall. That'll be fine. How bad could that hurt? <laughs> <laughs> and there's video, right, of Bronco Nagurski actually hitting his head on the brick wall? I feel like there is. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think you told some like famous story about that one time on uh yeah, like, I don't remember this crap episode. He like cracked the wall or something. It was a leather helmet. <laughs> I think Julio Zaleta did it once too. Oh, he was just pruning the ivy. Yeah, there you go. You guys remember that? The ball went in the ivy and he's digging around for it. And he's literally just pulling leaves. Or, <laughs> like, Jesus, just stop it. Uh the other DJ Moore touchdown, I thought was a le- was just a legitimately cool play. The, yes, where they took Justin right before the snap, and he waved DJ over, and he went and he got in like the slot, and then they had him roll back towards DJ, and DJ was going the other way. And if you're the Lions, you really are kind of screwed because if you give it to Justin, he can either run it or you don't know. I mean, they could be you know he could throw it that direction. DJ keeps plus then they got Braxton Jones out on the edge. I like that the two lead blockers were like the biggest guy on the team, Braxton Jones. And then the little what is what is it? The little Keith Ortigo. What is his name? Something Taylor, right? I didn't even bother to learn the punt returner name. He finally had two punt returns where he ran forwards. He had a fifteen yarder and a thirty five. Travis Taylor, is that his name? I feel like it's double T's. Doesn't Let's matter. go with that. He's a hundred. He's like hundred and forty pounds, and he was yeah. the other lead blocker. He didn't have to block anybody, which turned out good. Yeah, but I thought that was a really cool play. So yeah. Now, wasn't as cool as the uh, Chiefs play, where uh, that was the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just oh, the was... just the fact that Travis Kelsey tried that is amazing to me. Amazing. It is, because yep. it's not like this wasn't like there wasn't like 10 seconds left in the game. There's like a right. minute 30 and you're in field goal range. And he's like, hey, look, he's he, like, I'll just throw it to Kadarius. And he just wings oh, it across to him. Oh. The, the thing I loved about that, though, was the tantrum that oh, the best. Patrick Mahomes threw. And then Andy Reid threw <laughs> yes. one, too. Yeah. And it's like, guys, he was way offsides yeah it was not close yeah. in the, fact the referees even said they couldn't see the couldn't ball, see the ball. The line. he was completely yeah, right. blocking the ball <laughs> uh, and andy reed was like yeah you usually get a warning what a warning well, so how does, does that, that mean if you exactly? do it late enough in the game you just get a free one i, I yeah i mean I, I don't understand like so, okay so 
they would have said, okay, we're not going to penalize you, but you're going to have to redo the play. And here, this is your warning. That also would have right. screwed over the Chiefs. I, I, didn't, I didn't get what he was talking about. Yeah. And I mean, they, it's not like they threw the flag after the play. Right. They threw it right I mean, away. He didn't know before they, ever, before they have any indication that, you know, the, one of the coolest plays we've ever seen is about to happen. Um, and then Dan Orlovsky had a thing on um, on Monday where I didn't know the point he was trying to make. He showed video that, um, like, Tony lined up like that like four other times in the game, and they didn't call it. And I thought he was going to be like, look, if, but if the guy hadn't figured out how to line up yet. But he's like, they didn't warn him any of those times, so how can you call it at the end of the game? It's like, I don't think right. that's – so what? Is you just – he just gets to keep doing it. Yeah, I don't, I'm no, not sure. I was, right, I had zero sympathy for the Chiefs. It's like no. Yeah, he was I mean, blatantly no. offside. If it had been like his hand, yeah, or his yeah, toe, yeah. it was his whole foot. Like right. when CBS put the right. blue line up for the line of scrimmage, his foot is on is right in yeah. the middle of it. Like it, he could not right. have been more. He's and yeah. Andy Reid was like, well, I, I, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't get my protractor out as if it was close. Like Andy. It wasn't close, pal. <laughs> it is funny though. Mahomes yesterday was like he apparently does like a radio show, and he was he had calmed down, and he was basically like, "Yeah, he was way offset." <laughs> yeah, and and, and, and Aid Reedy too. They're both like, "All right, fine." Yeah. And I guess it's true yeah. they didn't they wouldn't have seen what we saw. No, when they were freaking out after the game, but it was just funny. Then they're like, "Ah, oh, you know what? He really was way offside. Dumb yeah. shit." I like though that when Mahomes first was throwing his fit. He was yelling in the general direction of Matt Nagy. And yeah. everybody thought he was screaming at Nagy. Right. And I'm like, well, he should. Maybe he was. It was clear to me, he part of his freak out, though, he was yelling at the refs, but he really was yelling at Tony. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when, you know, you're, this happened to me. So, like, when I was playing football, I would get yelled at all the time. And I, my coach one time called me in and he's like, he said, hey, he said, have you noticed I yell at you a lot? I'm like, yes, I, I have noticed that. I do it for two reasons. Number one, you screw up a lot. But number two, you always, he goes, you always take it the right way. We've got other players that if I yell at, they, they can't handle it. They go into a shell or they get upset. So sometimes I yell at them through you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, well, thanks. I really appreciate yeah. that. Thanks, pal. And, appreciate um, being the team punching bag. Right. And I kind of felt like that's what Mahomes was yelling at the ref, but he was really yelling at Tony for yeah. a, a variety right. of fuck-ups over the last few weeks. Right. No, no doubt. No doubt. That was good. That was, I, I, that I was, must say, I've been, I've been enjoying this, like, Chiefs, just little downfall, just because every time they screw up on offense, you get a great shot of Nagy on the sideline looking very confused. It's a bust. <laughs> I mean, a they... Best. They finally had a game where they scored a, where they scored double digits in the second half. Yeah, they were averaging the fewest points in the second half of any team in the league. Shocking for Matt. Yeah, are, really, really the, shocking to us Bear fans who they yeah. in his career he got outscored in the third quarter by like a thousand points. Right, there's that <laughs> yeah. long stretch from like 2019 to 2020 where the Bears never scored a touchdown in the third quarter of any game. Right, Mr. Halftime Adjustment. Yep. Oh, hey, by the way, are they not paying enough? Can he not afford a, a visor anymore? Because he, he looks awkward with the, with that bald dome. Uh, yeah. You know, he needs that visor to complete the whole douche douchebag look. Yeah, maybe that's his. Speaking of douchebags, 
How great did you watch the Thursday night game game with uh, the the with Pittsburgh? Yes. How great was it to see? I felt such nostalgia watching Mitch throw a boneheadedly dumb interception and then and getting booed off the field by the home crowd. Yes. I'm like, oh, I missed this. I missed. The fans were cheering for were were chanting for Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't chanting for Rudolph because Christmas is coming. They were chanting for right. Rudolph to replace Mitch. You never sucked that low here. I mean, Mitch has finally – he's really paid off for the Bears the last two weeks. Yeah. He came in in relief against the Cardinals and managed to lose that game at home for the Steelers. He got to start the game against the Patriots, who I did not think had a chance to win another game the rest of the season. And they're awful. Right. And he managed right. to lose to them, which has given the Panthers now a two-game lead with four to go over both of those teams, but very much like the Cubs wildcard uh, – Thing. They have the tiebreaker over both teams, so they really have a three-game lead with four games to go. Beautiful. There is no way. I mean, it's basically – it's like 94% or whatever that the Bears are going to have, the number one overall pick now. Yeah. And Mitch played a big part in that. So we thank appreciate you. it. We... Thank you, buddy. <laughs> we Thank you for your service, Mitch. Who Ryan Pace – He's playing the long game with Mitch. Yeah, he didn't know it really he didn't is. Know. Really long game. He didn't know it, but he was going to do it. So Justin Fields certainly um, continues to make his case to be the guy for next year or two, I think. Speaking, if they do have that number one pick, what are they yeah. going to do? Well, I mean, if if that's what the way they decide to go, then they can really load up again with that number one pick. Last year, they got a haul for the number one pick without a consensus number one quarterback. I mean, it turned out mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud was really good. True. You know, they still managed to get two number ones in D.J. Moore and a two. Yeah. You're going to have multiple teams trying to get up to get Caleb Williams or Drake May if the Bears decide they don't need either of those guys, which means you're probably going to get three number ones. You're going to get mm-hmm. 24, 25, and 26 from somebody. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, how about this? This is crazy to me. The Bears are five and eight. They're tangentially still like in the playoff hunt. But if the draft yeah. is held today, they have the fifth pick. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they have the first and the fifth pick. Yeah. So say you say trade, this. say you I, trade from one to ahead. three, you mm-hmm. have the third and the fifth pick. Right. Right. And Perfect. you get you get your Marvin Harrison Jr. and boom. Yeah. Well, is Marvin Harrison Jr. in most mock drafts? I don't really. Pay much attention to them. Is he slated to go third in most of them? I think so. I, I don't know, but he's up okay. there. Yeah. I will say one thing I was really annoyed by yesterday was watching the games during the bye week after, you know, all the teams kind of around the Bears lost. You see the Bears factor into some of the in the hunt graphics. You didn't see them on any of the in the hunt graphics yesterday after a divisional win. <laughs> I didn't see any of the, any bears in the hunt, so that that's good spotted by you. I I can't believe they actually put them in the hunt somewhere. Because I think they're at a one. I think I saw they're at a one percent chance to make the playoffs. The Bears. Yeah, I mean they've got to win. Right. They'd have to win out, and and that's not enough. There's other things that have to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as if as if they're going to win out. It. Um. You know they play the they play the Browns. Yeah. Brown. It's right. Browns. Cardinals, Falcons, Falcons, Packers. Packers. Yep. With the with the Cardinals and Falcons at home, the Browns, Packers on the road. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're probably going to win two of those. They're probably going to go seven and ten. Hey, which, you know, that's why I had them. 
Maybe that's what you had him. I think I had him nine and eight, which I can still do. Yeah, I can still do that. I probably I had him winning out. Too late for that. Yeah. Uh, hey, I will say this. It sets up nicely for, you know, the Packers are right there in the middle of the playoff chase, yeah. just like they were last yeah. year. Yeah, I thought this and, last night. And, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. But, you know. No, I'm, I, what you're about to say. I had this exact thought last night. Oh, yeah. Going into week 18, you know, the Packers were still alive. And if they had yep. won, they would have made the playoffs. And, you know, Bears could. Like we've been saying all along this year, they could be this year's Lions. Right. Not making the playoffs, but knocking out the Packers out of the playoffs. Yeah. I will admit, for <laughs> all their talk about being this year's Lions, they, they're they a lot closer to being this year's Lions than I thought they were going to, like, a month ago. <laughs> Yeah. And even to the point where they can go to hopefully they I'll take a I'll take a night game. I don't care. Fine. We'll just do Sunday night. You go into sure. Green Bay on Sunday night and you beat them and then you win the division the next year. Just like the I think the Lions are gonna hang on and do. I can see that. I, I, yep. I, I'd be yep. cool with that. Yep. Now if the Bears don't get Marvin Harrison, I want them to draft Washington wide receiver Rome Odunze. A is like he's really good. B for some reason I think that's a really cool name. So that is a great name. I would rather. Yeah. I'd still rather have Marvin. But there are other. It's a good wide receiver draft. It's a good. Uh, so they can win. They, 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 fine. They can win a few games if they want the rest of the season. I'll allow it. As yeah. long as the don't Panthers go, don't go crazy though. Don't don't go crazy. Yeah, win a couple. Now what if this happens though? We got Mitch came in came up big for the Bears. What if yep. the Panthers bench uh, Bryce and they go with Andy Dalton? And he, oh, oh, oh. And, they win, what if they, and they win three games with the with wow. the red rifle. No, he has their only three hundred yard passing game this year. Oh like, man, he literally played much better in his one start than Young has played in any of his. But there, unless Bryce gets hurt, right? The whole idea is he's got to play, right? I mean, yeah, you're, of course, you're trying to. Yeah. There was a play what, in what? that in the Saints game where Bryce tried to run. He tried. He at the last minute. He tried to run for a first down, and a a cornerback, not even like a linebacker, a cornerback for the Saints, picked him up and like dumped him on his head, like out in the middle. (laughs) He's like he weighs like 150 pounds. He just picked him up and just dumped him. And I was like, how the fuck did you draft that guy first? I just I don't understand it. Yeah, but it worked out fine. Um. Yeah, it was. Um, I should have. If I was any good at this podcast, I would have pulled the numbers. Um. Since Montez came to the Bears, the Bears are top ten. And in fact, like one and two in a couple of like really important defensive stats. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a coincidence that they all. I mean, part of I guess part of it is a coincidence. Their secondary got healthy about the same time that Montez showed up. Right, but they have a legitimately good defense now since he came. Well, we talked about last week. You could also you say they're they have a demonstrably better defensive coordinator now too. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean the FBI doesn't raid Flusa's house. Yeah. <laughs> no. As far as we know, <laughs> milk and cookies and the Flusa and the Flusa house. Uh, the other thing I think is 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 happening because I it's certainly happening against the Vikings and he played really well again. Jervon Dexter is like coming alive as we get late in the season. He had another he had another good game. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of re- stuff that goes into that. Everyone's a rookie. That's going to take any rookie a while to figure out what they're doing. Also, I think when they now that they have Montez and Ngakwe, um, the I I feel like the line because the Bears the, the the way the Bears defense is structured, they're trying to get like a a surge up the you know in the middle. They're trying to collapse the pocket from the middle, and when you know, had when you only had one decent end, it's pretty easy for linemen to. Offensive linemen are cheap and help in the middle. Right. Well, now they can't do that. Yeah. You've right. got, you know, you even have to put extra guys, you know, that even that guard has to be very conscious of Montez, you know. And so I think that certainly has helped. But it's been nice to see. And then on the last drive, when they uh, they had the two rookies in, they had Dexter and Zach Pickens, and they were just tossing the Lions around. It was great. Yeah. 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 Well, they had Sweat lined up over the right guard and, wasn't the right guard for the Lions a backup? Yep. So they just took advantage of like the best player on defense against the worst player on offense there. Yeah. yeah. Ja- Jaquan Brisker had 17 tackles. So what happens Incredible. when he doesn't spend half the game in the blue tent? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it happens when you play the Lions too, I guess. Yeah. That's the unfortunate thing. The Bears Bears don't play the Lions next week, do they? No. If only. No, they played Joe Flacco and the Browns. That's right, the Flaxter, the uh, Flaccarino. The Browns have a legitimately great defense, and so that will that will be an issue. But uh, that'll be. Yeah. It was uh, and Good Morning Football today. I was watching just because I was getting ready to turn it off, and Scott Gioli, who I think is weird, was coming on, but he was going to talk about uh, what the Bears should do with their number one pick. I'd, I'd say I don't agree with Scott, who yeah, thought they should keep Fields and draft a quarterback. And then they could decide ah. later whether to, which mm. one of them to trade. It's like just don't do, don't no, don't don't. No, do that. You need. Yeah, yeah, he did say, which I thought where he was going at the beginning was, you know, they have till April to decide this. Yeah. Like nobody well, has to make a decision right. on anything right now. But right. he also was talking. Um, now that I've completely lost my train of thought, now, what was the other thing that he said that I thought was so? Nuts? Oh, it was about Flacco. And I this one I, I he's like he's thirty eight years old. Mm-hmm. And now this will be his fourth game. He's like, guess what he is now? He's sore. Mm. Like, you know, there's this perfectly rested quarterback over the first couple of weeks. You know, you're fresh. Your arm feels good. Right, your body right, feels right. good. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you've been hit for three weeks in a row. And now you're a 38-year-old quarterback who gets up in the morning. He's like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm 38. And I hurt. Yeah, good point. Good so it would be nice for the Bears to uh, remind Joe that he's sore. Uh, that would early, be good. Early and all. Where's, where's Corey Wooten when you need him to end another yeah. career? Now, do we think, I don't want to get too far and start talking about the Browns now, but do we think Justin will pass for more yards this time in Cleveland than he did last time when he threw for one? I would hope so. <laughs> Is the over-under get... one and a half for Justin Fields passing yards? Because I'll <laughs> take the over. Ah, that's a tough yeah. one. It was under last time, but it's going to be over this time. Yeah. He got sacked what nine times in that game? Yeah. Um, there's a good article on the athletic. Um, it's you've got to. It's Mike Sando's new article, and you got to get through a bunch of Mahomes stuff. But then he talks about Fields, and Justin has played 34 games now, so he's got he basically hmm. full, played two full seasons. So he showed his first 17 games and his last 17 games. And okay. his last 17 games, he's thrown for 3,000 yards and run for 1,200 yards. He's thrown for 25 touchdowns. He's thrown 11 interceptions. 
the one number that stays consistent is he got sacked 61 times in his first 17 games. He's been sacked 60 times in his last 17. But here's the alarming thing about that. He hasn't been sacked more than once or twice for a while. So that is a reminder of just how many times he got sacked last year. Yeah. Right. Because this year, early in the season, we're getting sacked a lot. About the time he got hurt against the Vikings, when Bajan came in, the sacks went way down. Part of that right. was, I think, Tyson, they, and even the offense, they were just getting rid of the ball early. But more importantly, their line got, like, finally got put back together. Mm-hmm. You know, Darnell, right, who I think is really good. Um, you know, he had some games under his belt. He played better. Nate Davis came back. Tevin got healthy. Braxton went on the injured list and came back. Yeah. So now they actually have a line, but it's a, it's it's still a reminder that up until just the last few weeks of his career, he was under siege every time he dropped back. Absolutely. And now yeah. it's not so much. I mean, it's still, you know, they don't have a great line, but they have a pretty good line. They have a terrible center. The mm-hmm. worst. Um, but other than that, they have a functional line. Well, let's see how functional it is, you know, against Cleveland. Yeah. I would play. Too. Can you play? Can you play 10 linemen? Is that a thing? Oh. Might need that for Miles Garrett. 10 linemen and Justin. Is that, will that work? Yeah. Just run the tackle eligible on every play. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) George has got some takes there. Oh, my wife just came home, so they're all going down. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was uh, that was a good game, and um, I did. I I thought, and it's inevitable, right? So Mark Schlereth, they get and Adam Amin both, right? Leads twelve with like seven minutes to go, and they're like, "Oh, remember they blew this the last time?" I will say, I was worried this time. I was, no, they, they, no, they, like, I don't, it's not happening today. This is, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, the Lions didn't exactly show a lot of signs last time that it was going to happen last time, and it did, but right. I really felt like yeah. there was, there was nothing to worry about this time. So no, felt yeah, like, it felt that the game felt in hand this time. For whatever well, and, and we learned this in 2018, and probably one of my favorite games from that season that Jared Goff is not exactly comfortable in cold weather either. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had he did not play well in either game against the Bears, um, which was fine with me. But uh, yeah, so they're uh, five and eight with four games to go, and there's still a chance to finish with a winning record. Yep. Still a chance to hit the Vegas over under two, seven and a half. Right. Seven and a half. Man, I don't like the I don't like those odds still. Six and a half. Could you get six and a half? Can you still get six and a half? Probably not. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Do you know who the announcers are for this week in Cleveland? I have no idea. It's a Fox mm-hmm. game. 
box game. Yeah. And it's it was so this was a game that originally could have been one of the three Saturday games, but apparently uh, they didn't want Joe Flacco on, right. as a standalone game. So they wow, they, they, they got moved to Sunday. Or what? Or one getting, day, one day less rest. Yeah, yeah. Is, is Chris Myers of, of Marquee fame still with Fox? He is, but thankfully, I think only when they have like extra games. You know, like some yeah. weeks, if you've got extra, you get you get Chris Myers. Then otherwise, you don't get it. Uh, this is a. Uh, I got to double check because I'm doing it off memory now. I believe this is a Kevin Kugler, Mark Sanchez. Okay. All right. But it ain't Kevin Burkhardt and Tom Brady, that's for sure. <laughs> no, but I'm sure they'll do almost all the games next year. I mean, probably will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know what the spread is? Go ahead, Press. Oh. I'll say Browns minus feels like I'll say seven and a half. Browns minus seven and a half. I'll say Browns minus Browns minus six and a half. It's a lot lower than I thought. The, the Vegas loves the red hot bears. Browns three really? and a half. Three three and a half. Wow. And a half. Wow. Oh my god. You can't afford not to bet the Bears. And the over under is thirty seven and a half. Oof. That's not a lot of there are a lot of low ones, though. Even do we know uh, the Patriots Chiefs is thirty-seven. Steelers Chiefs or not Steelers Chiefs? Steelers Patriots this past Thursday was like thirty-two. Do we know the weather in Cleveland? Weather forecast for Sunday? We can find out. We can. Uh, got you right now. Okay. Oh, you're looking it up. C-L-E. Yes, sir. All right, what's the AccuWeather forecast, Press? Uh, we have a high of 49, Ooh, low of 41, partly wow. cloudy. Oh, great conditions. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Got to take the over then. Yeah, with the fingers. that should be 60. Yeah. Um, I thought somebody had a ridiculously low one at 30, but I guess that's not. 30, uh, Falcons Panthers is 35. Chargers Raiders is 34. Oh, that's a Thursday. Oh, that's a great that's Thursday, a Thursday night, night one. <laughs> Easton Stick starting for the yep. Chargers. Yep. Oh, yeah. Herbert's out for the year. Mm-hmm. Awful. All right. So, who do, you like? who do you like, Bears Browns? Give me the Bears. Ooh. Give me the Bears to win and cover. They're hot. They're going to they're gonna get after Flacco. So did you bet over? Did you like bet the over under seven and a half? Because I think if they win this game, I, think I would, I would, I would lean oh, them yes, going I, over that because I think they win the two I, games. I did preseason, and obviously, you know, by my preseason prediction, I thought they would go well over that, but still a chance. And hmm. you know, I'm pretty confident about winning the two home games against Atlanta and Arizona. Cleveland will be a big test here. Yeah, I got I I got the Browns. I'd say the Browns by a touchdown. Yeah, I would take the Browns to cover just because I think the Bears' offense is going to have issues. Yeah, yeah I think so. I don't expect Joe Flacco to, to you know, light up the Bears. However, I think it'll be fun. It'll be. I'll say this: I think it'll be a much more competitive game than the last time. The Bears. Well, yeah. Let's hope. So. Hope so. That was Nagy should have literally should have been fired at halftime of that game. 
Yeah. I'm just going to look quick and see if we can. Yeah. Justin Fields, 6 of six of 20 for 68, game, 68 yards. 67 yards of sacks. Mm. For a net of one. Oh, good God. <laughs> well, it'll be fun. Hopefully. There's a little bit more meaning attached. They're not technically did, out did, of it. Did you know the Bears had the lead at the end of the first quarter? Really? Did they? Three to what nine. was it? Six three? Or three nothing? Three nothing. Okay. Had a, their scoring their scoring drive was five plays and twenty four yards. That's a very Bears sounding scoring drive. <laughs> was that uh, was that Deshaun Watson starting for the Browns then, or was he still still suspended at that point? Yeah, he was suspended. So this was, or was it Baker? Oh, still? it's pre it's pre Deshaun. It was Baker. Nineteen and thirty one, two hundred forty eight yards and a touchdown. Allen Robinson led the Bears with two catches for 27 yards. <laughs> and I, I, here's the sad, I guarantee era. you, like, that's since terrific. the 70s, that's not the lowest yardage total to lead the team. There's no, it's not even close. 27 oh, no, I'm sure it's, probably, yeah, no. it's probably <laughs> 35th lowest. In, yeah, right. Yeah, that's the median. 27 is the median, median number. Do, do we think the one net passing yard from that game is not the lowest either? Oh, I know. why? I you know we'd have to think about that. I, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't an NFL record. The NFL record was negative. Um, I don't remember now. I'd have to go look because we. There's some Jonathan Quinn it, game, and then, and then Huey and I talked about it. I don't remember this crap too. I don't know that it was the lowest. They may have had a zero. I, yeah, I think they got a zero on them, don't you think? They certainly have a quarterback that threw far less than 68 yards, you know, taking away the, the oh, definitely. sack yeah. losses. Yeah. Uh, 1972, they had eight against the Vikings. Was that Bob Avellini? Jack and Cannon, maybe. Oh, here it is. That here Douglas. It is. Oof. Oh no. <laughs> November twenty second, nineteen eighty one. Net passing yards for your Chicago Bears against the Lions. Minus yeah. twenty. Oh. <laughs> Was that a Vince Fipsolini game? Oh, shoot. All it shows is the scoring. Um, in 1977, they lost 47 nothing to the Oilers. They netted minus 16. There you go. And then, um, so the, the, oh, boy. This is really something. 1971 against the uh, Broncos, they hmm. uh, they lost 6-3. to three. So they're in this one. Uh, minus 7. Okay. And then um, the one yard against the Browns, is not the only time they had one yard passing in a game. Mm. December 3rd, 1972, 
They had one yard against the Vikings in a 23-10 loss. The fewest yards they had in a win came in 1955 against the Lions when they passed for seven yards. <laughs> wow. Oof. I would have thought, like, the division clincher in 06 against the Vikings. I remember Rex Grossman had a quarterback rating in, in that game of, like, 1.3. I would have thought that would have been up there. But Was that against the Vikings? Against the Vikings, yeah. They passed for 24 Home yards. Home game against game. the Vikings. 24. Any old, how about this? Oh my God. This, they passed for 24 yards. He got sacked once for 10 yards. <laughs> so they passed for 34 wow, yards in the whole game. That's amazing. Good God. Yeah, this is, um, the list is pretty impressive of bear games under 30 yards. There's one, two, three, four, five. Sorry to set us down a path here. <laughs> 22, 23, 24. There's 25 games in Bears history where they pass for fewer than 30 yards. That's amazing. And a lot of them, I mean, it's not like this is like 1938, I, I 1948. This is 1977, just, 1979, yeah, 1976, the... 1979, 1977. Oh, the 70s. My God. Oh, those 70s. That was some great football. Mm -hmm. All right. So we got to look up this. Uh, all right. 1981. We got to. That would have been a good seven. We got to see who was playing quarterback in this game. It was either it was either Vince or Bob Evelini in '81. Seventy-two would have been Doug, Bobby Douglas for sure. Douglas. It's the Lions. Douglas. Need more line stunts, Doug. Yeah, Vince and Bob. Yeah. Vince was four for 19 for 21 yards. He got sacked uh, four times for minus 39 yards. So Vince passed for minus 18. And Bob, um, three for 10 for 20 yards, oh. got sacked three times for 22. So he was minus two. And that's how you get to the minus 20. This is the shit that we used to watch prior to the 85 Bears. So <laughs> your fandom is coming in at the 85 Bears or afterwards. You have no, you've missed the 70s. Although I wouldn't say you've been missing it, Bob. Where's total yards? Because it's um, let's see, Peyton Resch for thirty-seven yards and Matsui for seven, so that's forty-four. Mm -hmm. So they gained twenty-four yards total in the game. Oh, there it is. Oof, four first downs. <laughs> Fumbled three times, and and just to top it off, nine penalties for eighty-three yards. Wow, which was not Probably. as many. Not as many as the Lions got, 11 for 104, but who cared? Because uh, I guess that's the thing. You're the Lions. You held the team to, to 24 yards, and you, I mean, you won 23 to 7, but you only won 23 to 7. Yeah, that's not that impressive. Right. Bears were 3 and 8, the Lions were 6 and 6. I thought that was Probably a one of the promising development for our Bears uh, was the penalties on Sunday. They just let the yes. Lions commit all the penalties, which was very nice. Yes. So, what was the total yeah. here? Although there was the one Bears four Fields rush. There was the one Fields rush early in the game that just continues to not get called. Yes. When he slid and got hit after. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. On those. Yeah. Uh -oh. 
it's like it's almost like he gets punished for being as strong and as athletic as he is. How about sometimes. the fact that uh, I like so uh, there was a late hit on Mooney out of bounds that wasn't going to be called, and Khalil mm-hmm. Herbert went over and like shoved the guy, and then the ref threw the flag. Yeah, ref's like, yeah, yeah. I guess it was late because when he threw the flag, I thought, oh fuck, it's on Herbert, but it wasn't. It was they actually called the late hit, but he wore, he wasn't did not appear to be in any mood to call it until Khalil went over and said, hey dude. What are you doing? Bears have to call their own penalties now, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Anything else here before we... Can we wrap it up? Off topic from the Bears, but did you guys see that uh, the Bulls are starting their own utility tunnel of fame? Oh, gosh. <laughs> wow, really? I'll go uh, for the Rory Sparrow induction. There you go. I can't wait for Ryan Zerf to somehow find a way to force Harold Baines into that one. <laughs> That's right. I'm surprised <laughs> he has a retired number three. Yeah, right. I'm going to retire from all, on all my teams. <laughs> uh, Jerry, that's not how that works. So, where um, is it going to be at the United Center? Oh, probably should be. We're going to see it. Yeah. 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 I wonder if Michael Jordan will make it. Yeah, probably not. They said it, it, apparently him and Scotty, I, I doubt it'll be together, knowing how they feel about each other, <laughs> uh, will be the first two people honored. Yeah. Oh, first got to be, you got to be, artist Gilmore's got to be leading the charge. Yeah, too bad Tom Borwinkle's dead. It'll be fun when they get, you know, after they get through the actual good players, because there are some fun. The Bulls have had some fun bums over the years. So it'll be fun to see if they get in or not. Oh, Quentin Daly. So I guess we're we're not. How far are we out from Cup Convention? We're about a month, right? Oh, I guess it's about yeah. Usually it's Martin Luther King weekend. Because you know okay. the oh, yeah. treasure the Martin Luther King holiday so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at that, we will get the announcement of who the uh, Utility Tunnel Hall of Famers are for 2024. Ooh. Ah, there we go. Well, this past year was Mark Grace. Mark yep. Grace and Sean Dunstan. And Sean Dunstan. Oh, your guy, Sean Dunstan. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's it. Um, John Greenberg thought it, this is the same year. You know, they've basically gotten out of it. You get, you get past Grace and Dunstan, and you're pretty much at Sammy time. So it's put up mm-hmm. or shut up. They're going to find a way to put Steve Traxel for being, like, the guy with the most wins in the 90s into the utility tunnel hall of fame before they ever do Sammy, as much as I hate to say it. Maybe they'll put uh, Ryan Dempster and Sammy in at the same time, and then they'll only make a big deal out of Dempster and... Oh, sorry, we ran out of time, Sammy. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> hey, we put your plaque up, so that's good enough. How about this? Maybe they put David Ross in. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot me. <laughs> Just to salve the wounds. I'm waiting for Marquis to announce that Rossi's coming on. To... Yeah. I mean, stuff has happened. You know, Jim Fry got fired as manager, and then he was the radio announcer. Uh, Luke yeah. Boudreaux came out of the booth to manage and then went back to the booth. Mm-hmm. Right. Can, 
It can happen. I would just love to hear Rossi every day. That would be great. Yeah. What a guy. I would have I would have bunted their call. Yeah, thanks, Rossi. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it would be great though if we get a booth one day with both Ross and Joe Girardi just for to have the two guys there of like have it be the guy that was Joe Madden was rumored to be replaced by and the guy that Joe Madden was actually replaced by. It is funny though that Joe, you know Joe does a lot of media. Uh, yeah, and yep. he's never, as far as I know, he's never been on Marquee since he got. Yeah, since, never. Since now that would be that would be the get. Of course, I'm sure yeah. Joe has no interest in that. Now what would be interesting. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy has had to, uh, like right. maybe it's the emergency of appendicitis. Maybe that was his. Oh, that's a different Mike McCarthy. Um, the <laughs> one from uh, the one from Marquee has stepped down. <clears throat> right. And uh, it would mm. really be nice if someone else would come in there and look around and go, oh, all this shit sucks. We're going to change it's, all this stuff. That would be the best. Because uh... now yeah, I'll tell you, a lot, lot I'll to change. You, the moment I knew, like I never was terribly optimistic that the Cubs were going to get Shohei ever. I mean, I thought it made yeah, sense was... and they have the money and they should have been able to make a better case than they did, but they didn't. But I'll tell you the moment I knew for a fact that they weren't going to do it was when Bruce Levine reported that uh, the Cubs basically had he'd been told by some of the Cubs that signing Shohei would be worth fifteen to twenty million dollars in endorsements and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, it's it's two or three times that. Mm-hmm. So basically, right. you're saying you don't you don't have any clue how to take the most popular baseball player in the world and right. monetize him. So there's yeah. no way you're going to make a case to pay him. 46 or 50 or 70 million dollars a year when yeah. you think you can, you know, I mean, hell, we know that they sell Ian Hap glove for 400 bucks. Right. Look, look at all the marketing they were able to do on Chris Bryant before he even made his major league debut, too. So, you know, Shohei's well, got to be way more than that. Yeah. You know, they would have been like, okay, uh, Shohei, so if we sign you, you know, you got to be our guy on the marquee network. We want to interview. And as soon as Shohei hears all that, it's like, no, I'm not doing any of that stupid shit. <laughs> I, I got my own routine. I want nothing to do with your network. I'm not being interviewed. I'm not, you know, we're not doing anything from Japan. Like, no, I'm not doing it. I think the Cubs are probably like, why not? Shohei, we got a great, I got a great deal for you here. We're, uh, how would you like 1500 bucks to do a Prevagen commercial? <laughs> Nice, and we'll defer twelve hundred of it. So <laughs> how right. about that? We knew, we yeah. know how much you'd like to have your money deferred. <laughs> hey, we like that too, Shohei. <laughs> so we're just gonna do it. Yeah, Dad taught us that. To me, I thought the best thing was um, uh, Carly made a joke about how you know uh, Jason Hayward signed a seven million dollar deal to go back to the Dodgers, and he had a picture of him and Hayward. It said, "This I guy makes that. seven makes five million dollars more than." Shohei and I was looking it up I'm like I'll bet you the Cubs have have at least one deferred contract and they do hey, and it's him. Jason it's Hayward. Jason Hayward five million dollars yep. this year yeah how about this David Bodie makes more than twice or will make more than twice with Shohei Otani makes next year this is it for Bodie although he does have two options I'm sure the Cubs will pick those up <laughs> <laughs> they, God, that contract it's just at, eight, at 18 million for option one and then 26 for option two whoever his what agent else? is 
That dude, always, he, earned, he earned every penny of whatever he, boat he got in. I mean, this was a guy sure. who was, you know, yeah. it's one of those where the, the Cubs were like, so I, it, to me, it felt like Theo was so frustrated he couldn't get an extension done with somebody. Yes. That he's like, yeah. hey, he's like literally like in the cafeteria in spring training, he looks up and he sees Bodie. He's like, come here. You want an extension? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's yeah. One. Now that $5 agent, million he... a year for the next five years. Okay. <laughs> They spent that the agent. last two of them in Iowa, making five that million dollars a year playing. In Iowa. He needs he needs to be in the Scott Boris Utility uh, Tunnel Hall of Fame. That uh, Bodie's agent. Yeah. <laughs> um, the um, the Dodgers have some pretty big deferred money on Mookie and on Freddie Freeman too. Mm-hmm. Do they have anything on? Uh... On David Price from the big contract he had with the Red Sox. That's a good question. Mm, good question. I don't know. Yeah, that. I mean, they have signed some doozies, uh, but yet it doesn't seem to stop them. Like the Cubs signed one bad contract when they got Hayward, it immediately crippled them. That was it. They yep. no longer can do anything. Yep. Yeah. Like eight years can't do anything. Uh, let's see. The only deferred money this year is uh, they're still paying Justin Turner two million dollars. Yeah. So I don't see price. Let's see. What about next year? Uh, people are like, this is the Bears podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're already right. talking about this pitcher that's been retired for over a year now. They owe Justin Turner $2 million neck, uh, in 2025, too. Hmm. He's done all right for himself. And again, in 26. Wow. <laughs> He's the only guy. It's only going to go here. Turner getting it done. Uh, no. That'll be it. But how about this? In 2027, they currently have three players signed. They have Mookie, Freddie, and Shohei. Shohei. Seems, like hmm. good, seems like a pretty good trio to have pretty signed. You could, you could build on that, I feel like, yeah. Not so bad. Uh, here's who the Cubs have in 2027. Nobody. Oh, this, boy. This is just as good. It is just Dancy as good. Swanson. This, includes, this includes arbitration guys. Here are the guys that are through 2027. Here's who they're going to be paying. Dansby is going to make $27 million. Yep. Uh, and then arbitration eligible guys, Michael Rucker, Keegan Thompson, <laughs> Justin Steele, Saya, and Jose Quas. Okay. And they'll be, oh, and then they will owe Jason Hayward five million dollars in deferred. <laughs> so, they they will owe Jason million eighteen million dollars somehow in twenty twenty seven. All right. All righty. Well, thank That's you enough we, Jason we Hayward will, talk. We will tune in next <laughs> week after the after the Bears' big win over Cleveland. And I, I mean, I, if they beat Cleveland, I think they they have to move into the in the hunt graphic legitimately, right? Without a doubt, they exactly. Have they have to. That's all I want out of this season. I want. I just want to see him in the hunt for one graphic. We have, yeah, we do I'll not get, have unre- die a happy man. We don't have unreasonable expectations on this no. podcast. Just get us in the hunt. Yep. All right. Well, thanks. Guys. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Many of us have herpes. This fitting has got to be done with one of the best games of all time. Just unbelievable. Got to congratulate the uh, the Dolan family. I don't know what's up yours. <laughs>